Do you have problems with your sleep? Maybe you spend hours trying to get to sleep. Or maybe you go to sleep and wake up early or keep waking up through the night and feel really tired the next day. Today, we're going to be talking about insomnia and how you can deal with it. If you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com where we have lots of free resources and our online relationship course to help you create a more fulfilling relationship. Hi, welcome to this week's Mind, Body and Relationship Maze. And today we're going to be talking about sleep, insomnia and sleep problems. Because it's estimated that almost about 30% of the population suffer from sleep problems. In fact, some studies suggest that it's up to 50% of the population at any time suffer from problems with their sleep. And particularly in the last year or currently in, in the situation with the pandemic, there are lots and lots of people who are struggling to sleep. So it's something that I hear frequently, not just from clients, but from friends. Pretty much everyone reports that they're not sleeping as well as they used to. So either they can't fall asleep, they worry about stuff, or they wake up in the middle of the night and then can't fall asleep. Yeah, in fact, there's been names given to it, haven't there? So yeah. things like coronasomnia, and I think there's a variety of other names because mm. it's become so much more of a problem during the pandemic. Mm. So, and why that is? Well, I mean, there are many, many theories. It might be that even on an unconscious level, we're all aware that there is something out there in the world that uh, is really causing death in people, that's causing a lot of illness, a lot of distress and issues with people. Or it might be for all sorts of other reasons, but there is an awareness that, uh, that the world is not quite as it used to be, and that is impacting in our sleep, of course. Yeah, and, and then there's the physical side of it as well, where we have something called circadian rhythms, which is the, the rhythms that all, all, of, all of us have, including sort of animals and even plants, we have these circadian rhythms, which are kind of the program times that we have for our kind of wakeness and our sleepness, mm. or our going to sleep, that came out a little bit funny. So with <laughs> circadian rhythms, and part of this is also shown to be to do with how much light you get, and it's very important to have natural light during the day. And again, if we're in lockdown, if you're in the house all day, you're not getting that natural light, you're not having enough brightness. Uh, so that could also be another factor during the pandemic that's caused some of the sleep problems for people. Absolutely. And we're all spending more and more time in front of the computer, of course, or in front of well, computers, televisions, etc., which emit a particular light that mimics uh, daylight. Um, and basically, if we are long into the night still sitting in front of our computer, that will actually stop us from falling asleep as well. So our, basically, our brain is being told that it's still daylight and not sleepy time yet. Yeah, so let's look at, first of all, you know, why is sleep important? Mm. Yeah, because, I mean, sleep is really important for our health. It's important for our physical health, it's important for our emotional health, and it's important for our mental health as well, because lack of sleep or not having enough sleep has been linked to many things, including depression, anxiety, it's been improved to physiological shifts such as weight gain. Mm. Uh, it's been also linked to sort of memory loss. So sort of, you know, you know, there's nights when you don't get enough sleep and you suddenly find you're forgetting words or the wrong words are coming out mm. and, and performance decrease. So, uh, you know, essentially the days that you have better sleep, you tend to do things better than the days that you don't. Yeah. And the difficulty often is that people get into a loop uh, regarding the sleep. So, for example, if you uh, struggle with anxiety, you will have a lot of anxious thoughts and feelings which will impact uh, on your sleep because you might worry a lot either before you go to bed, uh, everything gets exacerbated and bigger just at night time, 
or you might worry when you wake up and you get anxious about not being able to sleep uh, and that will an impact of course uh, on how you feel in the morning and will feed into you feeling even more anxious which means that you will sleep even less and so on and so forth. So very often there's this kind of a cycle uh, with anxiety, same with depression as well, that lots of people get into. Yeah, in fact, um, I can account for something myself during the pandemic, but um, I found I've been waking up a lot more during the night. And when I'd wake up, I'd then get some anxiety about thinking, oh, no, I've woken up again, I'm not going to get enough mm. sleep. Mm. So I start to kind of stay awake, sometimes for an hour or longer, and I was really having problems. And then one morning I just started to think, well, actually, during the day, I don't feel that tired. Mm. So I just figured, well, actually, even if I'm waking up, I must be getting enough sleep, otherwise I'd be feeling more tired. And just making that shift in my thinking, the next night I went to sleep, and sure, I woke up a few times, but I got back to sleep almost immediately because mm. I wasn't there thinking, I'm not going to get enough sleep, I'll be tired. Yeah, which is a very common uh, preoccupation for lots of people who struggle with sleeping. It's this clock watching and this concern about, I'm not going to get enough sleep, I'm not going to function properly the next day, etc. When in fact, actually, it's surprising on how many how few hours of sleep you can actually function quite properly. It's, it's really interesting. I mean, you know, they're, they're, they're lots of people only sleep about three, four hours a night and, and they manage. So absolutely, what you say is so important, isn't it? This kind of fear of not being able to fall asleep is, is very problematic for lots of people and makes it worse. Yeah, and often actually it's been done with some sleep studies where people who think they're not getting much sleep when it's actually monitored from the outside, they're getting a lot more sleep than they think they are. Absolutely. So sometimes we, we have the appearance ourselves, we, we imagine we're waking up all the time, we're staying awake for lots of the night. Uh, in reality, often when it's measured, we, we're asleep for more of the time than we realise. And, and that can be enough. Absolutely. Yeah. Well, so what shall we get? Shall we get into sort of a bit of sleep hygiene? Um, well, should we talk about the prob- what causes sleep problems? Good, let's I mean, start with that. Yeah, yeah. We've, kind of, we've kind of talked a bit about that. Mm. You know, we talked about sort of anxiety, yeah. stress. Mm. So, you know, commonly when I'm working with people, I've had people on workshops, when I'm helping you run a sleep workshop, you know, it's very much stress. It's like, you know, go tonight, you wake up worrying about something or you're thinking about things and you can't go to sleep. Yeah. yeah, because because sort of thoughts are a stimulant. So if you're thinking a lot, you're basically you're telling your body your body thinks there's a lot going on. So you're not getting into this relaxed state that is required in order to feel sleepy and tired and kind of be ready to go off into into sleep. So yeah, stress is a very common cause, and stress is very broad. Of course, stress leads to anxiety. Very frequently, stress and anxiety are often mostly interrelated. Depression sometimes as well. Yeah. Yeah. So lots of presentations there. Yeah, absolutely. And these things stop us from getting to sleep because, I mean, sleep's a pretty weird thing when you think about it mm. because, I mean, it would be a lot easier if you could just flip a switch and just say, okay, I'm going to go to sleep now. Would be nice, but, wouldn't it? but it's like none of us really know how to get to sleep. It's not like you can think, I'll go to sleep and you go to sleep, although that can help. Mm. Um, it's one of these things that you just sort of drift into it when your body's ready. So it's, yeah. it's quite a peculiar thing. And it's, it's something to really, you have to get in touch with your body and your mind to find out what's going on. Mm. And it's one of those things, the thoughts, which are slightly often more obvious reasons, there are some less obvious reasons why we have sleep problems. And these could include things like bad sleep habits. Mm-hmm. So for example, as Angela said earlier, you know, it could be watching too much television, re- watching a computer just before you go to sleep because you've had too much of that kind of that blue light. 
Uh, yeah, or it could be sort of eating the wrong foods or drinking things that kind of don't help you get to sleep, things that may actually be stimulants that we don't realise are stimulants. Mm, so chocolate, for example, is a classic one. So most people know that coffee is not a good idea, that ideally you should be, if you're struggling with sleep, you shouldn't be drinking any coffee after one o'clock in the afternoon. Um, but uh, there are other, there are other uh, products like chocolate, for example, which uh, also contains caffeine or some tea as well, yeah, which can be a stimulant, so should be avoided. Or just generally drinking after 8 o'clock, drinking anything after 8 o'clock is not a good idea either because it might stimulate your bladder in the middle of the night. You have to go up and pee and that, get up and pee, and that can also cause a lot of problems with, with anyone, with people who are already struggling with waking up in the middle of the night. Yeah, and unfortunately as well, I'm afraid, uh, Angela, that also alcohol is not good. Oh, gosh, uh, and I like my well. beer. I like, I like a little bit of beer in the evening sometimes, so that's not good That's not good news for me. Yeah, it can, it can help you maybe drift to sleep, feel sleepy, but it's shown that actually it can cause sort of disturbances in your sleep because of the way that yeah. uh, your brain functions and how we metabolise everything. Yeah. Uh, also, um, what uh, lots of people sort of resort to when they're struggling with sleep is are sleeping tablets, which can sometimes break uh, bad uh, sleep cycles, but usually you shouldn't be uh, taking them all for two weeks. Anyway, you have to follow medical advice, really, and, and check this out with your GP. Uh, and they're not really... Um, the difficulty with sleep um, tablets is also that you're not learning to acquire different habits around sleeping. So... It might sort of very, very briefly uh, make a change uh, in terms of your sleep, but not in the long term. So it's really not advisable to resort to sleep tablets. Yeah, in fact, actually sleep tablets, um, as, as well as some of the other benefits or the lack of benefits that Angela talks about is um, many sleep tablets are um, addictive. So there is an addictive nature to sleep tablets. So it's something to be to really watch out about. Um, but we've, we're talking about sort of also what can you do? So how can you improve your sleep? And mm. we've kind of begun to talk about that as well just mm. now when we were talking about what causes the problems. Mm. Um, but let's look at some other things like what else can we do to get better sleep? Um, so one thing that uh, also might be a good idea is exercising. Um, not, too, um, not too sort of close to your actual sleep time. So at least sort of an hour before sleep uh, it's not a good idea to to do exercising but exercising generally during the day is also has shown um, to be very beneficial in terms of enabling you to fall asleep so that's a good thing to do uh, another thing that's been recommended is a hot bath for example so 20 minutes in a hot bath just before you go to bed um, sort of one or two hours prior to your sleep time is also uh, actually proven to be even very beneficial in terms of getting you off to sleep yeah, and part of that as well is that it's been shown with some studies that having your body's core temperature a little bit lower is actually important to get better sleep, which is also why you have a warm bath, you go into your bedroom, which needs to be a little bit cooler, yeah. and that also helps you to get to sleep. And also bear in mind, you know, this is quite a general principle. Some of the things we're talking about do vary from individual to individual. Like yeah. uh, some people find that exercise needs to be done much earlier in the day to get a good night's sleep, whereas some people find that actually you can exercise immediately before sleep and get mm. sleep better. So it does vary, but on the whole, you know, these are some general principles. And it's, it's finding what works for you and trying things out and you may have to kind of shift things a little bit yeah then uh, <clears throat> another uh, recommendation in terms of food is that you obviously you don't have heavy meals just before you go to bed I think we'd all know that that's kind of common sense um, you might but they're also particular there's a particular food group 
which is uh, which has proven to be very beneficial. So there are particular there's particular food and drink that actually help you with falling asleep. Do you want to talk about that? Yeah, well, there's um, there, there are some food and drinks that have been shown to help. Well, research suggests that they may help you get to sleep, although some of the research is actually still in the early stages. So, um, But it, do, it does seem that certain <clears throat> types of food groups do help. Mm-hmm. And these are foods that may um, help stimulate more melatonin release, or they, they contain more melatonin, uh, and also tryptophan. So food sources with tryptophan can be really good. Um, and some of these as well, you know, they could include, for example, almonds. So almonds is is a really great source of melatonin, mm-hmm. uh, which has been, you know, many studies have suggested, that can really help with sleep. Uh, it also contains magnesium, and magnesium, some research suggests that magnesium can help produce the cortisol in the body, which essentially that's the hormone which uh, sometimes is associated with stress. And if we're feeling stressed, the, as well as thinking about things that make us stressed, we have that cortisol in our blood system and our bloodstream, which basically can cause a problem when we try and get to sleep. There's also uh, turkey. Turkey is another example of a food which, um, yeah, I'm sure you may have found that, like at Christmas dinners, if you have turkey, you know, <laughs> like about an hour or two afterwards, everyone's kind of on the sofa falling asleep. Well, <laughs> yes. uh, one one reason that may be, as well as having a lot of food to digest, mm. is turkey is a great source of tryptophan as well. So again, tryptophan um, has been associated with um, helping people to get to sleep. Um, it's also got a, a good source of protein, and protein also, having the right amount of protein can also encourage sleep. Uh, and something else that, that can actually be very beneficial is having some tart, ger- I can't say it, cherry tart juice. cherry juice. <clears throat> uh, so cherry juice has been shown to have, uh, again, be a good source of melatonin. It's also a good source of tryptophan. Um, so, um, and some people recommend that you get, um, basically, you get kind of a tart cherry juice and you maybe have two tablespoonfuls before bedtime. If it's too bitter, you can always mix it with water. Good. <clears throat> so there are particular food. There's this particular food group that's helpful. Uh, also, what else have we got on our list? So um, <clears throat> it's really helpful to have a dark bedroom so that the body can produce more melatonin. So don't sleep in a room which is too light. You can get blackout blinds, for example, that really, really make a difference. Um, <clears throat> we've talked about temperature. Um, <clears throat> sorry, my voice is going funny. <clears throat> um, also noise. So if you are, if you have an environment. I'm sorry, my voice is going. Can I have a bit of water? Thank you very much. Yeah, so basically, if you've got an environment that's noisy, it's it's going to be difficult. And sometimes there's not much we can do about that, because if you've got noisy neighbours, or even, you know, even sometimes uh, where I live, there's birds singing really early in the morning, and I get woken up by birds at four in the morning, or or cars racing in the streets, unfortunately, sometimes. And, you know, so what I found, you know, um, earplugs can be really great. So if you are woken up by noise, in fact, I, I remember, I think it was a couple of years ago, I was having some problems with sleep. I couldn't work out what was going on. And as soon as I started wearing earplugs, I found it was actually, you know, it was the noise. The yeah. earplugs made a huge difference. So this can be really, really useful. Um, and related to making sure that your room is dark enough at night is what I mentioned earlier, which is actually, it's really important to have enough brightness in the day. So have at least one or two hours of natural daylight and brightness. So if you're in a room that's dark all the time, that's going to probably cause an impact in terms of you getting to sleep. Sure. It's really important to have natural daylight. And if you can't get that, get um, if you can get hold of a natural day bulb, you know, like these light bulbs which stimulate or simulate natural light, mm-hmm. that can be a great alternative. 
Also, um, <clears throat> what's been really helpful for talking about noise, so if you have a lot of noise in the, uh, in, in the background, or if, you, if your room is very quiet, that might also be quite perturbing for some people. Um, uh, what's also helpful, again, try to experiment a little bit with that, is to have some white noise. So you can actually even buy tapes or you know, MP3 files uh, which, which provide you with some white noise, which is like the sound of a sort of very low sound hum, for example, of, um, uh, of an air conditioning unit or something like that. That is actually really helpful for some people. And the, the final note on, on your bedroom and sort of having the ideal conditions in your bedroom is don't have a clock in your bedroom because that just encourages clock watching and and feeds into this anxiety that we talked about earlier on, this sense of, oh, God, I'm not going to sleep enough, I'm going to be really tired, etc., etc. And also that with sleep hygiene, <clears throat> what's really important as well is, is make sure you just have a bedroom for sleep or sleep and sex. It's, yeah. But basically sleep is, you know, needs to be tied to the bedroom, not other things. So keep your computer out of the bedroom, keep your phone out of the bedroom, don't work in the bedroom. So if you start working in the bedroom, you're going to start associating uh, your bed to sleep. And we make associations really rapidly. Mm-hmm. So the brain makes connections. <clears throat> so it's like... It's, it's like you may hear a piece of music that kind of brings back a memory or a feeling and you know, you're out somewhere and suddenly this music comes on, suddenly you feel happy or you feel sad. It's like mm-hmm. we've formed a connection in the past. It's the same with sleep. If we start to associate the bedroom with things where we're quite alert or stressed or kind of focused, we're going to have problems getting to sleep. So make sure that you keep that environment just for sleep. Uh, yeah. Sorry. And going, going <clears throat> adding on to what Angela said about sort of white noise and recordings, Listening mm-hmm. to apps, listening to either gentle music yeah. or listening to spoken words that can help you sleep are great. There's lots of apps around. Uh, I made an app as well a little while ago, which um, if you search in the, it's just for iPhone. If you search in the iPhone store for, let me just remember, it's a sleep solution insomnia help. Or if you just put in sort of insomnia and then my surname Mackay, uh, that will come up as well. Um, so that's an app with I put recordings and also some sort of sleep logs. So you can just work Work out how you're sleeping. Absolutely. Good. Well, <clears throat> so what's also really important is that um, if you go to bed, um, just give it about 15 or 20 minutes. And if you can't fall asleep, if you notice that you're getting into this anxious cycle of worrying a lot at night, then um, uh, it's really helpful to get out of bed so that you don't create this association that Tom was talking about earlier on. Uh, with bed equals stress, anxiety, worry about not being able to sleep. So give it some time, and you might want to just read a little bit, do something, you know, relaxing in bed. Um, And if you can't fall asleep, if you really struggle to fall asleep, don't force it. Um, Get up, go to the sofa, go elsewhere in the house, in the flat, uh, read a book, just do something sort of like a low-level activity, which is not too taxing not to uh, not to what's the word uh, engaging either um, and just wait a little while to kind of see whether you can get into a slightly more sleepy state and then you go back to the bedroom but only then so don't 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 spend too much time fretting about not being able to fall asleep that's really important yeah, absolutely. And one way that you can actually measure your sleep efficiency is with uh, the ratio of sleep efficiency is equal to the time sleep 
divided by the time in bed. So you can start to work out your sleep efficiency and if you look on the internet there are some tables that you'll find which show you how you want to be gearing your sleep efficiency. So, so whether you're getting enough sleep or whether you're not because as we mentioned earlier sometimes it's that fear of not getting enough sleep uh, which causes us to stay awake when in fact we may actually be getting enough sleep. Mm. And sleep efficiency is really important here so what, what do we actually mean by that? So it's this idea that you know um, you really want to only count the time uh, in the bedroom where you're sleeping, so where you actually are asleep, rather than the time, all the hours that you might spend in your bed fretting about uh, not being able to sleep. So it's reducing that. It's actually, and it might mean that, for example, if you tend to go to bed at uh, 10 o'clock, you can't fall asleep, you push the time that you go to bed uh, back, basically, and trying to go to bed, for example, at 11 or at 11.30 even, really much, much later than you would normally go to bed, and see whether you are actually tired enough then to fall asleep. And if you're not, again, you get up, do something else, and try again. Um, until, you are, until you're reaching a point where if you notice that, okay, you're going to bed at uh, 11.30, start off there, um, you can't fall asleep, get up, actually go to bed a little bit later. If you do manage to fall asleep at 11.30, you can bring the time forward, but only gradually, and then go to bed at a quarter past 11, 11, etc., etc. But what you want to achieve is the point where you can fall asleep relatively quickly, without lying awake for too long and worrying about uh, all sorts of stuff. Yeah. Yeah, and, and also be careful with things like trying to measure your sleep efficiency, because if you think too much about, oh, I've been awake for an hour, mm. and you start thinking about that too much, that can stop you sleeping. So there are sleep apps, and you know if you've got things, some of the mm. smartwatches, they will actually help you measure your sleep efficiency without having to think, to think about it. Yeah. Um, because the more you don't have to think about things, the better, because that's how you get to sleep, is not trying to sleep. Because I think that's one of the biggest things, mm. is if you're trying to go to sleep, that can stop you getting to sleep yeah. because the more effort you put into this it's not something we can control sometimes the more we start to get stressed so I think sometimes a great thing to do is just go to bed and not even try to sleep it's just go to bed and just think about relaxing mm -hmm. go through some relaxation relaxation exercises do some mindfulness practice mm -hmm. and not even think well you know don't think I'm going to go to bed I'm going to get to sleep it's more I'm going to go to bed and relax and you know sleep will happen when it's ready Absolutely. Uh, something that's also very helpful is um, is to kind of to post, to to uh, set aside a different time for all the worries and anxieties that you might have, so that they don't so that they don't pop up uh, when you're just about to go to bed, which is kind of what happens for lots of people. It happens for me as well. As soon as I relax, I think, oh, I'm going to have to do this, that, and the other, and I've got these long lists in my head. What well, really uh, is important to write it all down well before you go to bed. So say two three hours. Before you go to bed, you write down anything that you might be preoccupied or concerned about, something that you might have to do the next day or something that's really urgent. Write it down and set yourself an intention that you're going to go back to this list in the morning and you will address it then. You will make some plans, you will see what needs to be done to, to make sure that whatever you've got on your list is going to happen. But do it before you go to bed so that it's dealt with, so to speak, so that your thoughts don't have to go to it. Yeah, excellent. I think we covered uh, quite a lot. So I think we probably, yeah, is there anything yeah. else you want to talk about before Just... we put everybody to sleep with all of our talk about <laughs> sleep? Yeah, no, I think we kind of covered the main issues. So it's really, the main points really, it's about sort of 
creating different associations uh, with sleep so that sleep becomes something pleasant or something to be concerned about. Actually, one other thing that might be quite interesting is that, uh, I found that quite interesting, is that we have this uh, idea that we have to have eight hours of sleep every night, right? That's kind of how we all brought up, or seven hours, whatever. Something like that, a long chunk of time where we are asleep. And this whole idea of having seven or eight hours of sleep is a relatively new idea. So our ancestors in pre-industrial times had a completely different sleep pattern, which often plays out for lots of people. So they had a very different sleep-wake cycle where they would go to bed quite early uh, in the evening, as soon as it was dark, six, seven o'clock in the evening. They would sleep and they might get up in the middle of the night, so they might get up at one o'clock or two o'clock, and become quite active, actually, to the extent that they were even debating societies in the middle of the night. People would go for walks, they'd meet some friends, they'd do their household chores. Um, so they spent sort of a chunk in the middle of the night where they went about their daily business or their nightly business, and then they went back to sleep. So they went back to sleep at, say, 4 o'clock or something like this, and they had another two, three hours sleep. So it was a very, very different rhythm, and it was only with the Industrial Revolution that things changed, and and we were kind of forced to, so to speak, our bodies were forced to adjust to a very different rhythm. But if you notice that you have this kind of cycle, uh, a very different cycle, you might want to sort of see whether you can adjust that, yeah? whether you can fit it into your daily life, whether you might want to go to bed earlier, get up in the middle of the night, do something, whatever it is that you want to do, and then try to fall asleep again. That might actually work better for you. So it doesn't have to be. If you can manage that, and I'm saying that if, because I'm aware that most people work and are required to get up early in the morning and get ready for the, for the day, and they might even have to do things in the evening, yeah? So that it might not be possible for you to follow this kind of rhythm, but you might want to experiment a little bit with it. Yeah, so it's finding what works for you. And, uh, you know, basically it is showing that you, you want to have enough sleep, but also if you have too much sleep, that's bad for you too. So having mm. too much sleep can actually have some health problems mm. in terms of your heart and other other areas. So having more than about nine hours sleep a night may not be good for you too. So mm. just kind of, you know, it's, it's knowing that, I think it's estimated that on the whole, having at least sort of seven hours sleep, that seven hours sleep is good, any more than nine hours sleep. So it's kind of trying to find somewhere in the middle. And um, one of the things, though, with breaking up sleep is if you do have insomnia, what's often recommended is try not to nap in the day, because if you yeah. nap, then it becomes more difficult to get sleep later. Mm. Yeah, Yeah, you can nap, but no more than 10 minutes. So keep it really, really brief. Yeah. yeah. So that's going to interfere with your sleep cycle. Yeah. Great. Well, I think we've got to the end of today. Unless there's anything I should like to add. No, I think we've covered most of the grounds. Yeah. Great. And like I said, um, I've actually written an app to help with sleep. I'll put that uh, link to that in the show notes. Uh, and also I'll put a free relaxation recording that you can also download to help you get sleep if you want to. Mm-hmm. Um, and thank you for tuning in to this episode of the Mind, Body and Relationship Mates. Please share it and subscribe with anyone that you think uh, can benefit. We focus a lot on how to improve your mind, your physical health, but particularly also how you can improve your relationships. So if you'd like to find out more about how you can improve your relationships, head over to therelationshipmaze.com. Yeah, we look forward to seeing you there and we also look forward to seeing you for our next weekly podcast. Bye for now. Bye. I hope you enjoyed this week's podcast. If you'd like to find out more about creating great relationships, go to therelationshipmaze.com and I look forward to seeing you there. And remember to tune in to the next podcast.